0: It's like you're in line, get ready to get a signature from like Stanley or somebody. You have none of his books with you, and you're like, uh, "Can you sign my Togo's receipt?" <laughs> <laughs> it's good exactly. enough. Okay,
1: true believer.
2: Yeah, it's Excelsior. like Excelsior,
1: are sub. It's like if I went up to Stanley with a. <laughs> with, like, a uh, Xerox of Spider-Man number one, and I was just like,
2: I'm a huge fan.
1: <laughs> okay, kid,
0: let me see your... Oh. Um. It's not
2: even in color, is it? Okay, whatever. <laughs> we gotta get him out of here.
0: <laughs> Excelsior! Or he just crumples <laughs> it up and throws it in the back. That's his.
1: That's his code word for the security. <laughs> Excalthier healthier over here <laughs> <laughs> Guy We got a true believer
3: <laughs> Pop saga You know we keep it groovy We talking cartoons, books, TVs and movies A couple of nerds but got style We so cool, pop culture Talking new and old school Yeah, You should know we love hip hop From the roots, tie-lib Shout out to Pharaoh Munch We giving you what you want, it don't get no live Ain't no doubt we got you This is Pop saga, let's go Oh, yeah, you heard right. Heard this is a lifestyle. Welcome to the Nerd Life. Pop saga.
0: Hello, and welcome to Pop Saga. Today, we'll be talking about the 1991 hit movie, The Silence of the Lambs. This movie is based on the 1988 bestseller of the same name from Thomas Harris. Following the story of FBI cadet Clarice Starling while she works with notorious serial killer Hannibal Lecter to catch a new serial killer from claiming their next victim. Starring Jodie Foster as Clarice and Sir Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. It also stars Scott Glenn, Frank Falson, Anthony Held, Brooke Smith, Yay, and Ted Levine as the titular Buffalo Bill. I am John, the incompetent co-director of the Pop Saga Sanitarium, and as always, I'm joined by up-and-coming FBI agent in training, Forrest Sterniday. <laughs> that's like Starling, but you know, like the, the, the bird. Be- anyway, whatever. So, quid pro quo, Forrest. Have the frescas finally stopped screaming?
1: <laughs> no, Dr. Lecter.
0: Oh, that's sure pretty good. Should. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Oh shit, I didn't realize you had a pocket
1: foster. <laughs>
2: Holy shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I Dr. You, well well alright, you're gonna you're gonna carry us now, uh, cause I do not have <laughs> a I don't have a any one of these voices. I can't even do like a uh, not even a buffalo bill? Everyone's got a buffalo bill. Oh uh, it puts the lotion in the basket. Or else it gets the hose again. Nope. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty it's good.
2: Like, it puts a lotion in the fucking basket.
0: <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or
2: the the fucking
0: Or the scariest line, you don't know what pain it is. And you're
2: like, <laughs> yep. Whoa yeah, dude, okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. Was I'm were she, she a great big fat person? Well now you sound like Cher. Would you, was she a great big fan? <laughs> Do you believe in wearing another human skin? Or
0: nah. No. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I feel like I can be pretty confident, and I'm 100% against wearing another human being.
1: That's good. I think that's yeah. a good place to draw the line. I mean, like, certainly, uh, certainly, what was his name? Uh, James Gum? Yep Was it That's James? Yeah <laughs> It was uh Yeah Yeah
0: Yeah Yeah Sure yeah, I mean I mean it's would you name? be worried Sure I mean it's a inconspicuous name Would you think it weird if I was like I'm 99% against wearing another human being Yes Like <laughs> like, yes, do you- There's
1: not a percent There's not a percent Well
0: like, do you think it's, like, a percent for error? You know, like, I might be like, oh, I got this cool new mashup shirt. Isn't it cool? And you're like, it looks kind of leathery. Yeah, I think so. <coughs>
1: like, if I didn't realize I think, it was You know, I think you're right. I think if you said you were, like, 99%, uh, oh, you know, not okay with wearing someone else's skin, every mm-hmm. time you wore anything leather, I would think,
0: <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. is this the person? Yeah, it might be. Is that a tooth? Why would he have teeth on his jacket? Mm. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah, it's terrifying. Just like this movie is. Oh. Whoa!
1: Yeah, look at you.
2: I didn't say it was
0: directed by it. was directed by Jonathan Demme. Screenplay yeah. by Ted Talley. I
1: mean, uh, can you... Do you even have to say? This I feel is like... like
0: I, go ahead. I, I feel like I have to, you know? Like, just to... Be consistent. But
1: <laughs> yeah. aside from our pop scaresia run, I feel like this is one of the most prestigious films we've we've talked about in in months at the very least.
0: Oh, a, a million percent!
1: Like an so nor- Academy
0: Award winning film. I mean, fuck. A few episodes we are literally talking about RoboCop the
1: cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember that. Yeah, I was in well, a fume state, or as I like to call it, a fudge state. Because if what I eat
2: too much.
1: Fudge. <laughs> RoboCop, huh? You don't say. Let's do RoboCop the cartoon. <laughs> this is that's all people needed to know about us is that you recommended Silence of the Lambs and I recommended Robo the
2: cartoon. RoboCop the cartoon. <laughs> There you go. And I mean, like, there was
0: like the dildo master or something in your cartoon. I forget what the dude was called,
1: but (laughs) Oh, you mean the dildozer? How can I forget (laughs) the
0: dildozer, that's right.
1: You know, piloted by dill
0: somebody. Yeah. Versus, you know, this rare Oscar winning film that like took all the awards that you would need to take. Um, Yeah, well, I recommended it because, like, you know, we have our pop scares yet, and maybe that will come back for October. I'm not going to say nothing, you know.
2: Um, Maybe. 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 There's no telling.
0: But I was like, I also want to talk about like scary movies sometimes not in October because we would never touch like all my favorite ones, like ever. Yeah. Yeah, Like, it was like, it would take
1: years otherwise
0: yeah and i know you're not like the biggest fan of horror movies and this isn't so much a horror movie i feel it's a uh, no that's more
3: of
1: a psychological thriller
3: yeah
0: and you know i mean it's it's one of my favorite movies i'll just flat out say it i think it's probably easily in my top 10 of favorite movies of all time probably i i could argue for it being in my top five I really enjoy this movie, and I don't know what that says about me. But um, I thank you for humoring me. And uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it, it. The thing is, like, I it, it's fantastic. That's what I was. The only reason, the only hesitation I had about talking about this movie is like, are we? Worthy to talk about such a movie? It. I agree. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies as well. It's the best Hannibal Lecter film. Yeah, I like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, uh, no I like question Man marks Hunter. there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Man, yeah. Manhunter's great. Brian Cox does a terrific job as Hannibal Lecter.
1: No yeah. doubt. So but, there's uh, some fun stuff there, but it's it's and of course like. But, you know, uh, and no offense to Julianne Moore, but, you know, she is a pale intimidation or in, in, in <laughs> a pale, I don't know, a reflection of uh, Jodie Foster's um, Clarice. Uh, she just does such an amazing job with the role. It, I mean, I don't I don't envy anyone stepping into those shoes afterwards. I don't think you do. Right, like yeah. it, like you said, like Julianne Moore
0: did her own thing, but it did feel like, you know, well, just watch how Jodie did it and then try to the kind of do that, but your own way, I guess. No, more Jodie. And it was like, no, she's Julianne Moore. Let her be Clarice her way. But, um, yeah, no, like, I mean, everyone in this film is, you know, like a true character. And, um, uh, you know, I don't know. Have you ever read
1: the book or the books? I haven't. You know, you know <clears throat> I knew the books existed. But before mm. I met you, I never have met anyone who was a big <laughs> fan of the books.
0: <laughs> You're like, I've never known anyone who's like serial
1: killers before. <laughs> <laughs> no. What a, what no, a no, weird no. world we're in. I mean, <laughs> serial killers have, have been, a, I think, a pop part of pop culture for as long as i can remember but um i just i don't know i just maybe i'm not swinging with the right erudite crowds but i never uh i i've only met people who liked the the movies i had never met anyone who had read the books or i guess i probably met someone who had read the books but no one who was Wanting to, to talk say it to me out loud. <laughs> 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 <Yep>. <laughs> like, like, we're not going to talk about this. Uh, yeah, I only like the movies, of course. It's not that I've read all of them.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, you know, one of the things I was surprised about when I was doing a little bit of research for this uh, episode is how closely the movie and book plots follow each other. They really do a good job with this movie. I mean, I think. I haven't actually uh you yeah. know read the books but this movie seems like it captures the plot of the book very well
0: yeah like i mean there are for sure some differences but they're so minute or they're just like micro changes like i mean in this movie they call him a psychopath, but in the books Lecter is referred to as a sociopath because they really they're like we don't know what he is and you know you even hear uh you know Clarice state make that statement like we don't have a word for what Lecter is. But you know, but those are just micro changes. They're nothing that would make someone go like,
2: "Well, they said he was a sociopath in the book, and saying he's a psychopath here doesn't really reflect his character, and uh, I don't care
0: for this, so... This movie's bullshit! <laughs> no. <laughs> like, like this is... There are very few things where you can watch it where you feel like it's close enough to the source material where you're like, okay, I'm with you, and this is one of them. Um, you know, versus like, uh, I don't know, just like Hannibal... Which, whew, okay. Anyway, like, <laughs> you know, like the whole third act changes in Hannibal, right? They, they made it more movie friendly because there'd be really no good way you could convey how the book Hannibal ends in movie film. Oh, really? That would, that would make you walk out of there going, okay, I get it. You'd be like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> what do you? What do you mean? Lecter went to a veterinarian, got a, or went broke into a veterinarian, and then broke into like a hospital, took a bunch of pills, fed them to Clarice, brainwashed her to make her fall in love with him. When first he was thinking that maybe this was his dead, like, sister. And you just go, <laughs> uh, okay. oh, oh, did I? I can tell you. I know we're talking about Silence but I was reading Hannibal. When I was working for the Starbucks, many moons ago, Mm -hmm. I used to, I used to, I was doing overtime so I could go to comic con. So, you know, that tracks. And I was working at the uh, Sony Metreon and at the time they had to hear music and inside of hear music, they had a little Starbucks, but it was a Starbucks nobody wanted because most people don't like coffee. They just want sweet shit. Mm -hmm. And you know, and everyone at the Sony Metreon wanted Frappuccinos, but guess what? I had no ice so I Mm -hmm. (laughs) couldn't. I could only make hot drinks. It's like, you want a latte? Yeah. And most kids are like, I don't know what that is. Get away from me. old man. I was like, well, you came to me. So I was working this little, <laughs> this little fucking booth because the people at the main stand didn't want some outsider working at their thing, telling them how the shit should be done. So all I would do is make chocolate, make a drink every couple of hours and make them chocolate for their thing. So I had a lot of time to read books. And when Hannibal came out I bought it day it came out Because I read Red Dragon, loved it Read Silence Lambs Loved it So I was like, well Hannibal, this is a fucking home run Another Hannibal book? Yes please And then I read it And then when I got to the end I was like, let me read that again Because I don't understand <laughs> it And I went back And I read it and I was like mm, Let me go a little further back See where this goes <sighs> At some point, I felt like Thomas Harris stopped writing this book for, like, three or four years. And then he came back, forgot what he wrote. Everywhere else was like, uh, yeah, drugs, and uh, they fall in love, and they have sex all the time. The end.
1: (laughs) They lived happily Ever after.
0: Yeah, and I was like, no, that makes no sense. So the the movie version ending of Hannibal is way different, but it makes more sense for a traditional audience. But when looking at Silence of the Lambs, you go, this is pretty much in beat with the book, which I really appreciate it. And it really shows. I mean, Jonathan Demme does such a fantastic job directing this, and... You really picked, like, an all-star cast to, like, perform this.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, Just everyone in this movie is so perfectly cast, it is kind of incredible. Yeah, like, you don't
0: get, like, an ensemble like this without, like, some very considerations. You know, I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer was supposed to originally be Starling. But that fell through because she was like, "Ooh, the material's too dark," and you're not going to give me two million dollars. So they were like, "Well, let's talk to this, <laughs> let's talk to this Jodie Foster," you know. And they're like, "Oh, we're hiring her because, I mean, such a powerhouse actor there." And then, you know, on the other end of the aisle, you got Sir Anthony Hopkins, and he, he was cast as Lecter because of the Elephant Man. But this was like his last break. He's going to stop trying to get into movies over here in the U S if this didn't do well, because he was just like all the movies where he would, the forays he made in the U S didn't stick. And all of a sudden he plays literally one of the creepiest villains of all time. And now, you know, he's a household name and uh, you know, like, (laughs) I mean, I can keep going on. Like, I mean, shit, Scott Glenn, that dude's a super actor. I love seeing him in everything, and he fits the role for everything he plays, and I think he's a excellent Crawford.
1: Oh, yeah. I wrote down uh, when I, he popped up on screen that just, like, so good to see Scott Glenn in anything. Yeah, I mean, I just wrote his name in big Scott. bold Scott
2: Glenn. Motherfucking Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> we're in Crawford's <laughs> office.
0: We're seeing boards, you know, we're seeing like that shit that I'm not sure if they actually do in real crimes with the fucking lines across it, but we're seeing that shit <laughs> in his office. And it's got its office. Yes.
1: I bet they these days they do uh a Pinterest board. Oh my
0: god. <laughs> just Just <laughs> nothing but crime scene photos that <laughs> they're
2: just like, mm. This oh. is inspiring. Yeah, that's a living
0: rooms where the murder was conducted. (laughs) Blood splatter, which led out of the living room into the kitchen. See? They're all themed. The mood board here is evil.
1: Yeah, no, exactly.
0: It's the mood board of evil. You know, but. Oh, yeah, no, I. Uh, Do you remember the first time you saw The Silence of the Lambs?
1: Not really. I don't, I know that I saw it uh, again, like many other things. I, I know that I saw it like young. Although, here's the thing I think there is a possibility that I may have seen a TV edited version first.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, because like there are certain scenes that when I saw it again when I was a little older, I definitely was like, what? Like (laughs) the, uh, like the tuck scene with Buffalo Bill is not something that I remembered from when I saw it first. And then when I saw it later, of course, like I knew it was coming because of Kevin Smith movies. Uh, I forget the one that it's in. Is it in Clerks? It's in Clerks 2. Clerks 2. All right. That's, that's so I, I. I knew, I guess that's too late though. I don't know. I'm, I'm all confused, but I know that I like there are a couple of the more gory or more like, uh, like, uh, I don't know, exploitative scenes that I didn't remember. Okay. I mean,
0: to be fair, yeah, I don't see like the Buffalo Bill tux scene being like on the ABC Sunday. Night movie, you know? <laughs> no, I It's don't like, oh, think we just so. we we just watched some. Uh, we we just sat down and watched some Mickey Mouse. Oh, there's this movie called
1: The Silence of the
0: Lambs. Let's
1: check it out. Now, son, yeah. come over here. Come over <laughs> here and take a seat. We're gonna go ahead and watch this movie together. I understand there is a scene where a man throws his jizz at someone, and you need to see this. Time for you to become <laughs> a man,
0: boy. Yeah, you need to understand when someone says you've been mixed, what it means. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah, no, but in a weird turnabout way, that's how I saw Silence of the Lambs. I remember, um, because my brother, like, everything I like is, like, a weird reflection of what he likes. Um, You know, we diverge at K-pop. He likes K-pop. I don't get it. But you know, K Pop Saga. Uh (laughs) anyway.
2: Tune in to K Pop Uh, Saga every week.
0: Don't listen to it. Just download it. (laughs) Just download it. Give us five stars. We stand you. Um, I think, I don't know. Uh go get the BTS meal at McDonald's teehee. (laughs) Um uh so he loved the books and you know that's kind of a little bit more I don't want to be like I was an advanced reader. But you know, like I, you know, I liked reading all sorts of books and shit. And so the movie came out and my brother's like, oh, silence of the lambs is, you know, available like on pay-per-view. So let's watch it. So my mom, my brother and I watched Uh (laughs) the silence of the (laughs) lambs on pay-per-view. And you were how old? I mean, so the movie came out in 91. Yep. Let's just say, uh, i mean it could have been late 91 because i'm not sure exactly the date in which it released Uh (laughs) like whenever it would have gone to pay-per-view so So probably like 11 12. (laughs) Uh oh yeah so then you're all like hey this song sounds kind of good (laughs) good they're coming after you and then you get nipple shots. You're like, "That's not right." I don't know what that is. What's going on there? And then all of a sudden, it's just like, <laughs> and "You're like, oh no!" And I got, I'm watching this with my mom, and I'm looking at there. My mom's just watching, and looking at my brother. He's just watching. I'm just like, "Why am I watching?" <laughs> What am I seeing right now? What did that man in the cell throw at Clarice? I don't <laughs> understand. How did he get
2: conditioner in there? Yeah, well,
0: just, I hope it had no tears. Like <laughs> you know, like I mean, it just was wild. But when I saw it, I was just going, "Holy, this this movie this movie's pretty okay." Um, you know, the, <laughs> the, the John, uh, seal the John of approval. The John stamp of approval. Yeah, so then I read the books, and I read them in order, so I read Red Dragon, because uh, I, I used to watch, like, Manhunter on Channel 44, so I was watching, like, the edited version of that, but, you know, it had... Fucking like Inagata god and that that song rocks so i was like i'm gonna watch this they're <laughs> <laughs> pretty good so i watched that didn't even realize they were connected until you know reading red dragon and real you know kind of diving into that where it was like oh manhunter but they couldn't use the name red dragon so they had to change some things around but you know so it just put me into the uh, thomas harris like ecosystem yeah So yeah, it was just one of those things where I just kind of, you know, reading those then led into like, you know, keeping like encyclopedia
1: of crime books and, you know,
0: A to C serial killer books and all that shit.
1: And, you know, kind of reading into that. Uh, so it really inspired a serial killer passion within you. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: but replace passion with abject terror there you go like i was so fascinated by it because it absolutely scared the shit out of me right like that people could be this way yeah that people are that way you know like man's inhumanity to man but then like how like weird or deviant it could get so it was more like i don't want to be like it was a cautionary tale because i wasn't worried about me being a serial killer but I was worried about running into the serial killer, so I was like, "Well, I better read up on this stuff. This is what Batman would do."
1: And well, you know, I'm yeah. I mean, I think that's those two sort of feelings go hand in hand, right? Like the the fascination and fear of something are very closely linked. So, I mean, you're it's a hugely popular genre, even though. You know, by all sort of logical reasoning, it shouldn't be. We shouldn't be some. We shouldn't be like obsessed with these these horrifying things. But you know, that, I think that's somehow sometimes how our brains sort of deal with the how terrifying it is. Like the the fact that somebody is out there that is a complete sociopath that can do these horrible things without, like you know, feeling like a normal person. One way we take control of that is to sort of to to learn and and consume and be fascinated by that yeah. kind of person. I think.
0: Yeah, exactly. Armor yourself for it for whatever reason. Um, sure. Yeah. No. I mean, that's. I mean, it absolutely. I remember. Jeez, God, I used to scare myself so bad with this stuff, though. Like, uh, at the apartment where I, you know, infamously watched uh, Ted Levine tuck his stuff um uh we were on the third floor and i would always look out on my balcony and my uh, like you know I had a fire escape and shit and that always scared me because i would always just picture what if someone was just hanging outside that window and i'd wig myself out and uh, yeah they, and they could too which makes it even scarier yeah, yeah like the, the 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 realm was there and then you know like on you know pbs they would do like uh Like, you know, later at night, where it'd be like, here's, you know, we're going to tell you three tales of terror. We're going
2: to
1: talk about a serial killer.
0: Yeah. So you're like, first is Lizzie Borden. And you're like, oh, geez, what is this? And then they're like, and the Zodiac Killer. And at the time, I lived on Alamo Square. So that shit's like literally in your backyard. Well, they're showing pictures of literally something in my backyard. Like they're showing, you know, the Full House house where everyone's all like, "Oh man, that's so cool!" Watching them get it, yeah. But that was terrifying because they were showing the same shot, and I was like, "I could like good five minute walk, I could get to where that is." You know what I mean? Like I could see where that is and like think the Zodiac standing back. And the last one was like Jack the Ripper. And, you know, they're like, he did this, and it was, you know, ominous music and shit, and they had, like, the old newspaper drawings, which are just as terrifying as, like, old, like, fucking Halloween masks that kids used to wear. You're like, that's the most scariest Mickey Mouse thing. And they're showing, like, these old Victorian newspaper drawings of him, and there's oh, yeah. one of just him as a skull, and it was yellowish, had this yellow tint, and, of course, they blacken out the the page and just leave the mm-hmm. skull there. I mean, fuck, dude. That night <laughs> I was so scared because not a my, wink of sleep. No, because my mom and my brother were out and they didn't come oh, no. home late at night, so I was by oh, myself no. in this creaky ass apartment, going like <laughs> looking over by my fire escape,
2: you
1: know, <laughs> and then looking back at the TV and then covering do you, my. Do you hear them, John? The Victorian drawings of a skull.
2: <laughs> it's like, yes, I do, Doctor. I
0: see I don't have a pocket foster. Fuck!
2: Uh Dr. Lecter. Uh. Do- doctor,
0: doctor. Hey, <laughs> yeah.
2: no, thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Lecter. Uh, uh, the Victorian drawings no longer scare me, Dr. Lecter. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh-huh.
1: Pretty, I don't know, that's pretty good However you need to get into an impression I think you, uh, I think Elvis Is your on-ramp to your, uh, Jodie Foster I mean, it's
0: pretty much My on-ramp to any impersonation I do Like, right uh, before I do Sean Connery It's,
1: uh-huh, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that guy just threw Jizz at me Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Super cool
0: <laughs> God, that fucking scene I hate Meg so much man
1: let's just talk for a second about Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh first off sorry for saying jizz so much (laughs) i could have said anything else but i chose the super gross uh slang for it but okay to say um well try some uh, workshop some
0: other names because i guarantee if you were to use the uh, clinical version it would sound even
1: worse yeah that's true yeah so um When that guy throws a glob of splooge at Joey Foster, (laughs) man, that really looks realistic. Someone in the prop department spend a lot of time mixing liquids together to get a very convincing um, spunk. Yeah, like two pumps of Vena,
0: one one dash hot water, (laughs) you know. I don't even think
1: that does it, man.
0: I, I mean, mean I don't hit,
1: know. I've never... up, I forgot. I thought it just like I, in my memory, no. it flew past her, but it's right. In the face. No, it's right <laughs> it in the fucking so
3: face.
0: Yeah, no. Oh no, 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 no. Like I was fortunate watching as a kid because one, I had no idea what the fuck happened, and two, it's not like I had a big ass TV. But now, like watching it on a big ass TV, is like, oh Jesus, that that was viscous. Whatever he, yes. whatever he, whatever that actor had
1: in his hand, it's like Spider Man. Spider. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first like shooting out ropes of something. Don't ask what it is.
0: <laughs> I mean, he even took his pants off. I was Spider Big.
1: Spider. I <don't> <laughs> If I don't know if I like when I see that when i'm when i've just got finished being sort of like psychologically uh like terrorized by this sociopath and Mm. i walk into the uh, net past the next cell and dude is just buck naked (laughs) facing the wall i that's when i start running that's when the uh that's when my fbi training goes in i go in. i i climb up that net and just flip over the top (laughs)
2: Keep just like keep running. It's
0: like, Force, you gotta come back to Quantico. Fuck no. Nope. No. I don't know why you have a chess throwing simulator, but no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the be fair, everything that Claire Reese goes through in these movies, I have not even a, a, a fraction of her strength that I'm just like, I don't know what I'd do with that. I probably would if I had had my piece. I probably would turn shot migs in a cell, and <laughs> that would have been. I'd be right next to the lecture that way.
1: Yeah, I'd be oh. like, "Hey, hey, Doctor Chilton, uh, how about I've got a great suggestion for you? Just like maybe put glass on all the sales. Thanks, bye." <laughs> <laughs> Do you have okay. a? But sorry, I, I didn't mean. I, I just need to come in real quick. Do you have anything that takes the juice out of here? No. Okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs> What's that, Bumble I don't think that works, but
0: no, no, you don't you can't freeze jizz out of the air. Just <laughs> a lot of shampoo and right prayer.
2: <laughs> See, this, this is the reason why <laughs> You didn't want to talk this is about it. the reason I was thinking, like, what? I was like, are we is
1: this movie too good for <laughs> <laughs> Is this movie too good for Pop Saga because this is the podcast where the biggest laughs that, that that your hosts receive is talking about three things. Farts Yeah Dookie and so far uh <laughs> Ice Piss <laughs> <laughs> This is, like, the opposite of whatever the Criterion collection of podcasts is, where they really, like, go dive. Because this movie is so good. It's an Academy Award-winning movie, and it it holds up so well to this day.
2: 100%. I do not hear this on the Criterion edition dragon shot. Yeah. Not a lot of splooge talk (laughs) director's commentary. Yeah.
0: And then this is where the mixing happened, and uh, <laughs> we had to shoot this scene for three days.
1: <laughs> it just wasn't right. I Get needed her it. hair. <laughs> I needed angles from everywhere. Oh man, Jonathan Demi, why are you so gross? Let's <laughs> <laughs> let's talk. Want to come it. on the show? We'll be we we'd be happy to do an interview. Uh, just, like, yeah, just tell us why you've you've made this this particular episode of Pop Saga so gross. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, like, we also do talk about yeeting every once
0: in a while. I guess this is a version of yeeting as the kids talk about it, so, there you go. I,
1: yeah, you know, I have to say, like, as far as, like, the slangs of the younger, the slangs, what am I talking about, the slang of the younger generation? I think mm. yeet has got to be my favorite, uh... A uh, new slang verb um just because it feels right you know what i mean
0: i mean it matches an action yeah right it like feels, you
1: see it feels right
0: yeah you see he-man throw a mountain you're like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i see i see it i i see it you know it's not you know like versus
1: that you know
0: that's fire. I mean, we used to call it hot, so I was like, "That's close enough." Yeah, yeah, it's that's, close.
1: That's that's yeah. sort of a, yeah. That's an evolution of slang. This is yeah. like something I I feel like I've said in in my head since I was a child. Every time I threw something, and I just didn't know what the <laughs> words were to, to put to this feeling. You know what
2: I mean? What?
1: And there it was, all all the time, the whole time, right in front of my face, and I couldn't <laughs> take advantage of it.
0: Yeah, well, you know, sometimes, you know, you go to the eat, or the eat comes to you. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah so, Man, uh,
0: Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs.
1: Um, one of the things I hope uh, I had two thoughts of the opening of this movie. Actually, sorry, three thoughts. One, I miss that Orion logo. I, every Me time too. I see it. And I, I'm like, oh, I remember how I used to love seeing this at the, the start of of movies, because back then you would sort of judge things by studio, I think, more than because you didn't have like review aggregates or whatever. And if you're a kid, maybe you don't like remember, like all the stars, you know, their names and, and whatever and who you like. But, you know, you saw like orion or new line cinema or something you're like oh this is gonna be cool <laughs> like paramount or you know yeah. yeah you
0: quality of the movie was kind of dictated by what the uh yeah the production company kind of putting it out and orion was always you never knew exactly because it could be really good or it could be like ooh, it's kind of yeah ridiculous.
1: it's gonna be something fun or at least yeah. And I think one of the, and then going right into the title sequence of the movie with that font, which is just like, black font with, like, white outline, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what yeah, <is> v- this? <laughs> very interesting choice.
0: But at the same time, it already, it, it sets the mood. Like, no one's business. Like, you get the text, and then you're getting, like, that fucking... Like it's so something so spooky about her just running through the forest and it's still daylight and shit, but I'm still waiting for Jason
1: to come out and be like, ah, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think also what is so the third thing I, the third thought I have when I'm watching mm. this intro is that this is like a classic way to introduce your character as somebody who is dedicated and hardworking. You're showing them like running by themselves you know, in this case, it's an obstacle course. It's a it's a, you know, a training course for the, the recruits at Quantico. But like what when you want to show how dedicated and like sort of top of the class cream of the crop that the, your main character is, you show them like doing practice when they don't have to. Yeah,
0: well, you know, I mean, I've never been an exceptional human being and never pushed myself. So I don't know what this is, but I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, it's it's pure fiction.
0: <laughs> yeah, complete. Like I'm like, nah, no one does that. When everyone does that all around me all the time, and I'm like, eh, well, you know, sixty <laughs> yep. percent still a percentage.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but man, Jodie Foster is so good in this movie, and that's like that is so uh, that's obviously like a redundant thing to say because Jodie Foster is like pretty much good in whatever she's in, and she kind of elevates. Whatever she's in to the, you know, to a higher level. But, uh, man, she is, she is called upon to do so much up close facial acting where she just makes like her expression and her mood tell more about the scene than is on the page. And, man, she does an incredible job at it.
0: Oh, yeah. No, she, so much of this movie rests on her back, right? And she, like, definitely picks this movie up and carries it to, like, uh, it, you know, it its success. Like, I mean, yeah. we were talking about the actors and everybody around it, but, like, she does such an amazing job, and she's very close to how, like, I see Clarice in the book that it's a one-to-one, like, for me. Like, there 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 is no other Clarice... Because of like what you're talking about when you're getting those up close emotions or, you know, how she has to steal her, herself or, you know, like her resolve or after the MIG scene, you know, where like we literally see her break down and, you know, like she is a, like a, a, a multi-tiered character that we, we get a lot into. Like we, we get a lot into her like personality, who she is through this.
1: Yeah. And and she plays this like from even from that opening shot, like and her entire attitude throughout the movie, she plays into the sort of personality archetype that Lecter assigns to her. He can figure out right away that she is super driven, not just because of the tragedies in her past and that she came from a sort of small town and she was trying to escape that, um, you know, that hanging over her head, but she she literally evokes this essence of somebody who is super driven, um, you know, not only to impress their peers, not only to impress the people that they admire, but also to, like, be the best possible, you know, version of an FBI agent. And, you know, throughout the movie, we sort of, because Hannibal is this former famous uh, psychiatrist, he is able to, like, break down what she is really striving for, and, you know, because she she tried to save this lamb once. So then, all of a sudden, of course, that uh, translates into her Trying to save just one person she thought if she could save just one lamb that she would be free from this like uneasy feeling that she had these leftover issues from where her father got got killed and she sort of translates that into being an FBI agent and that is present in every level of her performance and it is just like incredible to see. Yeah,
0: so the the level of determination there, and the fact that she, in a lot of ways, to me as a character, is very much like not a not a foil for Lecter so much as she is like her equal. You know, like there, yeah. there there's there's a very much like a mutual respect between the two of them that forms pretty early on. Obviously, like. Lecter as a character has... Like, you you know, by the end of the film, you kind of root for him in a weird way. Well,
1: he... They establish him fairly uh, early on as... Like, she... This opening... The scene with Mig is brilliant, right? mm -hmm. Because it literally is showing you... Here is this, like, gallant sort of chivalrous psychopath sociopath whatever you want to call it and then here is like the scarier ones and you see how you know he shows her how he is sort of cares about her and is protecting her by making mig kill himself that part i actually had some questions about maybe you've since you've read the book you have a little more uh insight onto it but Yeah, he definitely has this sort of Robin Hood quality where he is presented as sort of an anti-hero, even though he is, like, just, like, the devil. (laughs)
0: He's despicable. Yeah, well, he... So, you know, like, I mean, later on you start getting the guidelines and people try to want to put something... Like, to, to realize what Lecter is. Like, I mean, you can figure out... He doesn't care for rude people. Right. And, and, you know, even in the TV series, the one that you actually, I think you got me to watch. Because I was like, I ain't watching no fucking show about (laughs) Hannibal. That's stupid as shit. The movie's pretty good. good. And then I watched it. I was like, wow, that wasn't what I was expecting. But mm, yay, Mads. Yeah, no. He, you know, to the core, he's one of the most despicable human beings on the planet. But he has his his moral compass. And, you know, like, Clarice, for the most part, treats him with respect. And so there's, like, something there. And he's, like, the anti-Crawford. Right? Like, in another instance, Crawford is using Clarice to get to Lecter, because Crawford's no dummy. He is, you know, shrewd, so he's using something about Clarice to put Lector, like on defense. So then, you know, like it's this weird teaching from two sides of the coin, uh, like two sides where she's learning yeah. from Lector about like, okay, this is, you know, like everything's in the case file, Greta you know, all that stuff. Like you, you should be able to figure this out here where Crawford's like, okay, well you could get Lector to talk because I never would be able to.
1: Because. Yeah. He is what we would call in the, the role-playing world, chaotic good sure right because he yeah, has yeah. like a strict uh ethos but it's not societies it's not like the same as societies it's like he yeah, has yeah. his own idea of what's good and not and uh but it is not like society thinks of those those concepts
0: yeah this isn't like you know the predator don't keep a gun in your hand he's less likely to shoot you. You know, you look at Lecter and be like, oh, well, you know, if I say my please and thank yous, I'm fine. But you might do something else that he just detests. Then he's eating your fucking face. So that's how he kind of rolls. You know,
1: (laughs) yeah, (laughs)
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. Speaking of, you know, different people that have played Hannibal, this might be a stupid question, but do you have a favorite?
0: Oh, that's really that's. That is a, uh, that is a stupid question. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's so tough. So, okay. Movie. Well, I guess I can really only do, uh, no, nah, I, I was like movie. I'll give it to Anthony Hopkins. Cause we get to see him a lot more than we get to see Brian Cox. Though I really do
1: like Brian Cox, like version of Hannibal. Brian that, Cox, I agree. He doesn't get he. That might be the most underrated version of Hannibal.
0: He's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fuck with that guy. Like, I tell him whatever he wants to know, just so I could get out of the room as, uh, uh, with you know, just my pants mildly filled with shit, <laughs> um, <laughs> right? Where like Lecter, you know, like Anthony Hopkins. I mean, well, you know, okay, I, I, I think I could take him.
1: Uh you know like maybe i you know maybe like maybe not silence of the lambs anthony hopkins
0: I don't mean I don't know at the time I'd have been 11 I, I think I could have kicked <clears a little> the <throat> ball anyway so but the 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 problem well not the problem but the, one of my problems is that mad mickelson had 3 seasons to develop a lector like we would never get from Anthony Hopkins. So, oh, man. This. You gotta choose. This is this is going to probably be heresy, but I, I really do like Mad Mickelson's lector.
1: Yeah, I uh, so I was thinking about this earlier um, in preparation for the show, and I agree. I and I think it's because what you said because Anthony Hopkins does an incredible job and he was the face of Hannibal Lecter for so long it's hard to say not pick him but we just got 3 seasons with Mads and he Mads Milk uh, Mickelson does such a good job he, of the slow burn he, he, yeah he just has
0: something like man no offense to him the, the guy is plenty dreamy he just has something Predator, like about him, oh, yeah. like like alpha, like predator, scary as shit. Like there's a there's that part in Hannibal where I think he's like in a like in his kitchen or in someone's kitchen, and he just gets up and like moves silently. You know, like has his shoes off, and he just moves silently across the floor. I'd be like, nah, no, this. Dude, this dude killed me 15 ways from Sunday? Like he just has like that movement and he looks like he can do whatever he wants to do. Um, you know, and he, he's obviously being the star of the show. He's ahead of the curve. He's ahead of everybody. I mean, like even in the silence of the lamps, he already knows who's doing it. He's just trying to figure out like, you know, like, his end game. how does he get something out of this? But oh, yeah. Hannibal, I mean, he's fucking with Graham in ways that, like, you could never imagine. And, you know, it's that slow burn that you're talking about that just makes him such a scary, like, lector.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't checked out Hannibal. And you should if you're interested in this at, at all, but um the fight between Lawrence Fishburne and oh my god and yes. Mads Milkinson i think it's the the season finale of season 1 or 2 it's, i think it's 2 yeah oh, that, that fight brutal. is brutal so brutal and incredible oh my um, god um
3: do you have oh. a favorite
1: uh do you have a favorite um uh what's his name the uh, yeah, is Grant? his name is uh Crawford Oh, Crawford.
0: Uh, so for me, it's Scott Glenn.
1: Yeah. Scott Glenn I, is really, he kind of nails the the sort of mentor part, I think, maybe a little bit better than then. Lawrence Fishburne.
0: He just strikes me, so obviously it was different, you know, characters throughout, but he strikes me as both the Crawford from Red Dragon and The Silence of the Lambs. Yeah and so does Lawrence fishburne in a lot of ways but sure um like the the thing with crawford is it's just like he is just as ruthless and he's willing to use people for the better good or how what he views as the better good
1: yeah and, yeah uh, he he definitely has that like he a couple times in this movie, he plays both Clarice and Lecter. Um, but when he gives that explanation, it always makes sense. It it's it's never cruel. It's very pragmatic. But he is also someone who is just moving chess pieces around on the, on the table. I think that that even comes to into play at the end of the movie when he he shows to a, up to a graduate or uh, congratulate. Clarice on her graduation, and uh, he just like does the Irish goodbye where he, he just is like 23 like, skidoo. I'm out of yep, here. I'm not good at this stuff. I'm gonna bounce. And it's like that makes sense because he's he's not he is sort of like all these the, the characters in these books and the show and even this movie. These are broken people who mm. are sort of interact who are kind of they're not broken in the same way but they're broken in ways that make them sort of like puzzle pieces that fit together it's very interesting
0: no yeah exactly one of my notes here was uh, pretty much like hector uh not hector (laughs) that's like that's (laughs) that's my nickname for hannibal Hector.
2: (laughs) it's me cannibal hector (laughs) it's just you know it's
0: efficiency i don't like saying the full thing when uh hannibal i was like hannibal's Playing chess while everybody's just reading the rules and how to play, (laughs) you know. But like Crawford's playing chess with Lecter, it's and it's again like I feel like I'm 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 specially privileged because of reading Red Dragon to kind of get a sense of what's going on in this movie, in a sense, you know, it's like sure, the things that Crawford had to do that had the things that Crawford had Graham do. And the the lengths in which he sunk to to you know catch the tooth fairy picture of that was your serial
1: killer names the tooth fairy I'd be pissed <laughs> like him too. Um, it depends if it was based on the rock movie the tooth fairy. I think I would be pretty stoked. I'd be like, oh my, it must be man, really the doing those uh, doing those deadlifts must be really paying off.
0: Yeah, you like my calves, everyone? I have <laughs> yeah. them now. They have shape.
1: A shaped here. There. But, like, did having I, that. Did I just duct tape honey baked hams to <laughs> the back of his legs. Yeah. But he didn't,
0: no. He didn't... No, but one's a sandwich. He just got a honey
1: baked <laughs> ham sandwich. So I forgot, okay? I made a sandwich. And then I had to put my calf back on.
2: Yeah, it, it keeps slipping off. <laughs> you think?
0: I thought the honey would keep it, like, stuck to my leg. But... <laughs> It's not as good as adhesive as I thought. Anyway, you, know, well, you live and you learn. And, <laughs> you <know. laughs> sure. How many honey baked hams do you go through a day? Uh, you know, I go about through five, about seven a day, and um, usually I get hungry, so I eat one. And um,
2: let me put it to you this way: uh, Have you heard of honey baked ham?
1: Well, yeah,
2: one yeah. person is keeping them in the business. Yeah, just just this one loan
0: store. Like we can't keep <laughs> them on the shelf. This guy keeps coming in.
1: He's always, fou- always followed by a crowd of dogs, <laughs> yeah, nipping at his calves.
0: Yeah, yeah. He just he stops out front, shoves them up his pants, gets walking. It's really weird when he wears uh, shorts because he, he just tucks capri, them into his socks. Capri
2: shorts.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really, uh, uh, it's really giving it away. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, this is
0: the type of quality people come to expect from pop song. Uh, of course, I'm <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, honey baked ham. We're listening.
1: Um, well, can we talk a little bit about Anthony Heald? or yelled? Held? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Doctor Chilton himself,
1: Doctor Frederick Chilton. He yeah. was so creepy and hilarious in this movie. I love cuz you like the minute he shows up and he's like hitting on Clarice and being a real creepo first off g- good on Anthony Held cuz he he makes this character not likable from the word jump you there is no there's no turn for this character like they uh, the minute they they introduce him he is a creep and he stays a creep the entire time um but uh I loved the fact, because I had forgotten about this, but I love the fact that he is S- Hannibal Lecter's self-styled nemesis. Like Hannibal <laughs> doesn't yeah. see him as that. Like he's far intellectually superior to to Chilton. But Chilton's like, oh, he thinks I'm his nemesis. <laughs> it's <just laughs> like sure, dude.
0: Whatever helps you sleep at night, I guess. You know, this dude doesn't give you two thoughts. Even when he's taking a shit in his glass cell, he's not <laughs> thinking about you at all. Nope.
1: <laughs> you know, he's just like, Mmm.
0: I wonder what you know, wonder what's for lunch today. Some sort of loaf, I take it.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, he hates him. He like obviously he would because he's been sort of tormented by this guy for the last seven years, but he is just a despicable, hateable character. Clarice mm-hmm. doesn't like him, we don't like him, and neither does Hannibal, and that puts us on his side, Hannibal's side, I should say, fairly early on. Pretty genius.
0: Yeah, I mean, I hate the character. I, I He does it beautifully. Like you said, Like he's, he's just a creep from the start. A fame chaser uh, fucking rats out Clarice's deal to set up his own. You know, but he's yeah. wearing like that trench coat with the the little scarf and his hair is perfectly quaffed. And, you know, he, he just has that smug air of superiority about him. Like, I finally done something no one else could do. And it's just like, oh, man, you're getting played so bad.
1: Yeah, uh, that's so crazy. Is that like she has sort of successfully played or at least I guess we can assume that. Lector is playing along with uh, Jodie Foster's lie, although or Clarice's lie. Although it doesn't seem like he knows until Chilton tells him it's
0: because they Clarice builds up that level of trust with him, right? Because she's pretty much a straight shooter from from the jump. So I think between that and seeing a bit of her, like you know, still being new to the whole FBI thing like probably played into her level of innocence there. So I, you know, I, I would say probably Lecter was probably, I don't want to be like hurt, but he was like, okay, I'll remember this. (laughs) Just follow this away. My
1: edit memory, you know? Right. But it also kind of seems like that's where he, his sort of like, cause he's, Toying around with someone who he finds intriguing, mm. but he still feels a level of intellectual superiority over over that that he can be comfortable in. After she tricks him, and you know he later points out, "Hey, you know you uh, made this promise about uh, going to this this island uh, where I could go walk around on the beach." And he's like, did you throw that in there? And it's she did. Like, she adds these extra little details that weren't given to her in the assignment. And I think that's when he sort of realizes that, that oh, I have someone here who I I was intrigued by at first, but now I respect or have developed a respect for. I give you that.
0: I give you that. Like... She's spending time with Lecter. She's starting to read his nuances. Obviously, like he's someone you could not understand. Could not understand. Even in the books, no one could explain who he was. He showed almost none of the tendencies that a normal serial killer would, right? Like I think he tortured animals, but nothing else, you know. So like he Right. like no red flags, no anything. So just a terrible circumstance. But in this instance, you know, she's with him and she's kind of learning what he likes, what he doesn't like, because he's more receptive, right? Like if Chilton's down there, he's not saying shit to Chilton. He's just looking at him like, you could take away my drawings, you could put on the religious TV. I do not care. I am, you know, like, I'll go away in my mind palace. Goodbye. You know, and
1: that's it. Yeah. It's incredible, right? Because um, it's like not until she plays him back, because he's been playing her like a fiddle the whole time. She plays him back a little bit, and then she's like, oh, okay. All
2: right,
1: okay. I see what you're doing
2: there. You learned it from me. Okay. Game recognized game. game. Yeah. Okay.
1: And obviously, we see from the very first moment that um, that uh, Crawford calls her into the uh, his office that she's like a brilliant profiler. Like she can look at a picture and just sort of know, you know, tens of things about the the perp that that people, you know, studying this person wouldn't have been able to figure out.
0: Yeah. I think that comes with the exceptionalism that I'm sure that most like, you know, women graduates in the FBI would probably have to feel, I, 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 I I get a sense of that in myself as far as kind of dealing with like business life and trying to have to do a lot more. And so she is a lot more. She does understand this stuff. And she's just like, you know what I mean? Like she has to be better than everyone in the room,
1: and, right? Uh, You're saying so, right was, for like marginalized groups. Yeah, there you go. S- suddenly the 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 pressure to be exceptional is is so much higher. Um, right. I mean, yeah. That this movie is kind of all about that. That's actually a really interesting that you brought that up because I thought what was interesting watching this movie this time is that i noticed a lot more that it deals with the male gaze and that goes from not only like the the things that they talk about and the the situations that clarice finds herself in but the way that that it is shot like most dialogue are these like straight looking at the camera one shots that are way closer than you would find in like a normal movie and mm-hmm. it has this almost like interview or you know to kind of connect it to the like, what our situation is like today it is almost like watching a zoom movie you well, know what i mean yeah because <laughs> people are like their faces are framed they're looking directly at the camera and i that was just a brilliant move um by jonathan demi because it creates this sort of personal connection and almost like it, if it puts you in the, the boots of, of Clarice Mm -hmm. and when people are just like staring at her derisively or the part that, um, you know, when Crawford sort of, uh, it pulls the sheriff aside and says, Oh, you know, I don't want to talk about the, the, the sexual aspects of this case in front of my female colleague. and, you know, later he, he recognizes how much that upsets her and he calls, he says, Hey, uh, that really, that really set you off. huh?" And she's like, well, they, the other men in the room look to you to how to treat me. And, uh, you know, when you do stuff like that, even if it's just trying to get rid of the sheriff, it matters. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a great exchange because she calls him out on it very frankly. And he just like, okay, yeah, understood. But like he knew what he was doing, but
0: well, he knew what he is doing, but she but here's the thing. When you see her, you go, well, she also knows what she's doing, because when they're in the morgue and all the sheriffs are in there, right, and they need the space and they need to go through this, she's the one that gets them out of the room. It's not Crawford. She's right. Like,
1: exactly. We, and he's we, trying to talk on the phone and everyone is being really loud. And yeah, that's that's kind of what spur uh, spurs him to bring this up. And she does that often. Like, she has dealt with this sort of, like, uh, level of disrespect and this level of, you know, people completely uh, discounting her because she's sort of diminutive and she is a woman. and, uh, And she can deflect it in a way that is practiced and brilliant, but, you know, also awful that she has to in the first place well
0: of course no one should no 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 one should go through what uh you know she does as a fictional character or as you know or somebody in a you know real life no one should have to go through this no one should have to go through these proving moments or you know just dealing with harassment in all forms in from every direction every day but yeah you can tell she's someone who's dealt with it every day and she's also smart enough to not not only deflect but sometimes insult you, sometimes just laugh it off. Some, you know, she that's why I love this character and I love Jodie
1: Foster. Yeah. What well, what about when she when he uh when she deflect or when I wish should say when she like judo conversational judo's uh Chilton where she kind of like she knows that she doesn't need him around. But lets him the sort of like uh, give her him her the tour uh, uh, down to Lecter's cell, and then like at the end when she's like, "Well, I don't really need you," and she's like, "Well, I wish you would have told me that back in my office," and then she's like, "Well, I wouldn't have then enjoyed the your wonderful company," and you can tell that he doesn't get that he just got insulted. Like no. he is just like oh wow okay he she loves my company okay no nah, that dude is in
0: lo- he, he he's really happy with himself you know like, he's inhaling his own farts he believes his own gas uh you know so n- oh, he yeah. would never understand when someone's just making fun of him and you know she does it beautifully but like when it, you know when she's going to the insectologist I actually
1: don't just <laughs> yeah. right. Every you know, guy she meets, almost every eligible guy asks her out first. Yeah, but you know, what? I'm
0: I'm I'm okay with uh, one dude because he is just very frank. You know, it wasn't yeah, like Yeah, that's true. At least like he's, the he's not right, yeah. And guess what? They were their dates for her graduate spoilers. Uh <laughs> Dates for a thirty-year-old movie, uh, <laughs> you know their dates for you know their graduation. So right,
1: yeah. There you
0: go. Yeah, just saying.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, he does take a shot, and he is is he is, um, you know, frank and forward about it. But it is like this is something that I. Uh, someone in like my entire career and my going to school, anything. No one has ever like, no one has ever asked me out first. You know what I mean? No one has ever seen me as my gender and my body and my, how I look first, and then uh, like got down to business. And I, this is something that I, I imagine women have to put with up with every day. Yeah, yeah I, I could only imagine yeah yeah no And it's not like this movie I'm not like saying this movie is so progressive and is such a like is so forward looking it is in a way you know it I think both the book and the movie uh you know treat their female characters in a way that I think is progressive for the time mm. um, but at the same time, like you know the this movie and the book as well. Kind of have that trope where the the villain is a psychopath, but he's also a transsexual, and sort of equating those two things is something that movies often do, and it is a fairly archaic um, point of view. Yeah, it's just a it's an interesting situation. It's not like Buffalo Bill is being a transsexual is not. As much part of his character as a serial killer, as that he wants to wear the skin of women as a suit. So that's not that's not really. I don't think there is any sort of uh, you know. Um, I don't think that that's not a real thing. That's not a that's not a marginalized group that is fighting for representation. No. I want to wear someone's dried skin. They yeah. better be fatter than me, so they can get real loose. I can put it over my regular skin. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a Ed Gaines thing. He did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, a, that's a allegedly an army hammer thing.
0: Well, yeah. Well, no. We don't know if he's gone into the whole. Uh, scene. Yeah, I said allegedly. I said yeah, well, <laughs> well, we don't know if he's gotten that far. We allegedly know <laughs> that he might have you know nibbled on somebody. But well, we don't know if he's decided to, you know, pull a Gaines where he, he where he make made himself like a mammary vest so he can dance around his house at the middle of the fucking night screaming like a loon. Okay, and you're talking about Chris Gaines? No, man, not the <laughs> not the hit rock artist Chris Gaines, not the number one. Where did what
1: happened to that guy? I
0: don't know. He did fucking one album, took off. It was weird.
1: <laughs> you know what he's doing right now? Building a human suit. Yeah, maybe
0: (laughs) I'm referring to Ed Gaines, the notorious, but didn't really kill that many people. I mean, one person's too many, but compared to most serial killers didn't kill a lot. He just dug up a lot of bodies Mm -hmm. and, um, he would, he made, you know, like wallets out of people's skin, made masks. So like, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Inspired by him a lot, like all the silverware and stuff. He used to have like a, a skull carved out. That you'd eat chili out of because you know metal. Um,
1: sure, yeah, chili,
0: chili's <laughs> always the go-to.
1: Yeah. When I'm when I am thinking about what to eat out of a human skull, <laughs> it's yep. always chili. Uh, I mean, you
0: figure it's chili or like popcorn or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But one of the things he made was, you know, a mammary vest and you could figure out what that means. And he used to dance around in his and on his property, you know, his mom's house at late at night, hooting and hollering at the moon. And people would see him and just kind of go, well, that's gains for you.
2: <laughs> Jeez, yeah. oh, so
0: that's where a lot of Buffalo Bill was inspired by. So, there you go. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> go ahead. Shut up. Next time you're looking to eat some meaty, meaty chili, consider eating it out of a Cuban skull. Also available booby vests. <laughs> <laughs> <And I>, games.
0: <laughs> real talk, though. Yeah. Apparently he served some of that chili to some of his uh, some of his neighbors and stuff. Mmm.
1: Right? Like I would God, I would give anything to hear what they said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
2: can
0: tell you what they said when they found out. Oh my god, what <laughs> what, the, what, the what? Yeah, no, like eat it was it's funny, like at the you know, like the the final confrontation between clarice and you know uh, james gum there mm-hmm. when she's going around you know checking her six and everything and you know jodie foster's doing a fantastic job there when she opens the door and you see the suit i i don't know what i would have there's every instance i don't know what i would have done but that one would have just probably broke me been like, oh, yeah! I, I thought I was prepared for this FBI thing Apparently I am not prepared For this FBI thing um, Sorry Catherine You're stuck in a well I'm leaving now <laughs> I <Yeah. just> like, <laughs> would just be like <laughs> I would just throw my
2: gun
1: down And just yell out into the darkness Hey uh, James Gunn uh, Listen, I'm just gonna go I saw your suit, cool beans um, I'm quitting the FBI I'm gonna go work at Wendy's now Yep Hated everything in here, thanks yeah. Cool moths, though yeah. I'm
0: out
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, like, I mean You go on through there, and then, like, his bedspread Has, like, two, like, swastikas On it, and you're like What did I walk Into? Like <laughs> Like this, Why is this basement so big? And why is it filled with so many horrible things within such, you know, like within the space that's there? Like that bathtub where you're just like, "Ooh, why would yeah. you keep this? Like,
2: what? Talk
1: about chili. <laughs> 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 Look,
2: like there's a bunch of chili in that bathtub.
1: <laughs> well, Who was like, that, by the way? That was Which the one owner. of his victims? That was the owner of the house. Okay. I was wondering, so that was one of my notes. Where does, where does James Gunn get the... And I think it is Jame. Yeah, it's That's J-A-M-E. What it yeah, 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 yeah. Jame. Where, where does he get the money to buy a military-grade night vision goggles?
0: I mean, Ohio's Ohio, man. You gotta... go down to the swap meet. Yeah, you just <laughs> you go down military to... Military-grade
2: night vision.
0: Yeah, I mean, the same place he bought that big-ass, you know, fucking Python. Do you, you have know, anything you gotta, left from Desert Storm? cool yeah Yeah, like uh, you know if anyone
2: comes into my basement i gotta be able to chase them around in the dark and just try to touch their hair
0: oh no he's he oh my god oh my god he is so like that aspect about it Ooh, ooh, it creeps me out because you know like we cut in the power, yeah, just reaching out toying with her. That and that whole section of the book like wigged me out.
1: Oh, it was yeah. such a good and effective uh section of the movie as well. Even I mean, I know exactly what's gonna happen, but I was on pins and needles. Yeah. Just like, seeing just like the idea that she can't see anything and he can see everything, and she is just stumbling and, and panicking and has no idea what's going on until he, he cocks that, that hammer back. Yep. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But then she fucking,
0: pop, 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 pop. I'm like, yeah, get him, girl, get him. Yeah,
1: dude. She just he fires once. She doesn't stop. She's just like, nope. Yeah, I'm gonna no. keep
2: firing till I'm sure he's dead.
0: Yeah, they would have been like, so he was shot 32 times. Yeah, pity that. I just had to
1: make sure. You yeah, know, yeah. Like, so you dragged him out onto the street and uh-huh. then another 30. <laughs> you know, oh, listen. Well, I saw Halloween.
2: Uh, that's correct. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> Drag <dragging> my <laughs> son. him three times.
1: Uh huh. He just sh- sh- knocked out behind me, and I was it- itching like a man on a fuzzy tree. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: But oh yeah, I mean it's funny because the movie grossness ramps up like unexpectedly. Right, like we get the the victim that washed up, and that's just terrifying already. The sea,
1: very good effects, even to this day.
0: Yeah, like it it holds up, and then we go to that, and then there's nothing really until we get to you know Lecter's escape,
1: which oh yeah, that though that whole sequence is so tense. I, that You know, I don't remember clearly, obviously, from earlier. I don't remember clearly when I saw this the first time. But I remember that sequence like crystal. Because it is terrifying. And thrilling. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, no. Like, when you want intense. And you want to learn. It, it's funny. If you want to make a, a, a thriller... Where tension is high, this has to. I feel like this movie has to be on your list, your short list of films to watch that like just. Oh yeah. Make you feel unnerved, and even though like I've seen this movie numerous times, yeah, just to see like you know like him pull the pin thing out of his mouth and then palm it, and then like the two guys just not even bother to pay attention because they think he's docile, and then just.
1: Ooh yeah. When he when he uh like he has that one police officer who is an, an a brilliant uh character actor who I who whose uh, name is just escaping me uh at the moment. But if you're wondering who I'm talking about, just think of the general from Austin Powers, <laughs> from the first <laughs> Austin Powers, who had a, a bunch of uh, a bunch of fun improv. You could tell it was very obviously cut together, but um. He, when uh, Hannibal Lecter is, like, uh, when he kills the other guy, or at least be, beats him within an inch of his life, and then he is, like, walking over to the other police officer with the nightstick, and uh, the guy is just screaming because he's panicking trying to get the, uh, the the handcuffs undone. That is, like, the fear in his eyes, the confidence of Lecter, everything is is just like watching a bear maul a, a baby deer or something it's just it's horrifying in sort of like a, a powerful natural way yeah
0: and it's also almost like the effortlessness of like lector beating him with the nightstick you know he's just like <clears throat> and then just the spatters of blood going up you're just like yeah. oh, oh okay and then you know even when he's listening to the music and he's so entranced by that he doesn't pay attention to the guy crawling away and then when he <laughs> just kind of looks down, and he's just like, "Well, how do I want to deal with this guy?" And he just, you know, slowly looks. He's like, "Oh, there's a knife. I'll take this." You're like, "Oh, that poor that that poor bastard!" Like,
1: what about the the guy in the ambulance when he gets killed? How Lecter slides up next to him with the the guy's face on his face and just pulls it <laughs> off. Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah. Like,
0: I mean, I guess I would have been glad for a a swift death (laughs) because I would would have wanted to see that. Yeah. And you are talking about character, actor Charles Napier.
1: Ah, yes. How could I forget Charles Napier? Charles Napier. Napier. Yeah. he's, He's a real that guy.
0: Yeah. Like, you see him, you'll be like, oh, okay, I know that guy. If you watch any movie from like. The 80s and 90s, you know exactly who this dude is.
1: Real lantern jaw with an incredible voice. Yeah. Good head of hair,
0: too. Like, like everything. He, like, I wish I was chiseled out of the stuff that guy was made out of. Because I think I'd go
2: <laughs> better. I'm like, this amor- here, here.
0: I'm like this amorphous blob. Who would have just fucking... If I was the other guy, I would have just ran away.
1: They're like you can get later I'm going down the steps <laughs> Yeah, I would have, I would have really tried not to make those weird uh like crawling motion like noises he made. That cuz that really was what gave him away. Yeah, usually it does. <laughs> I just be like
0: Yeah, but yeah, when he sets him up and turns him into the moth just to be like, oh, "Okay, fuck you all. You you'll get this when uh uh, Clarice finds the guy. You'll you're gonna get all this shit. Here you go. Let's let's let's, yeah. like, let's disembowel him and
1: hang him up on this cage. And you're just like,
0: well oh. that effect yeah. is you know doesn't hold up as well as it used Not
1: to. Not as well. I was thinking like I mean that must have been horrifying to see at the time. But I was thinking about how just graphically gory and disturbing the TV show was and how like far that the our acceptance of that kind of gore has come since this time. uh that's the worst part with the TV show. Because it you watch it and you go,
0: this was on network television. And you yeah. go uh-huh uh huh and you're like no no I mean network television yeah 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 like 2 a.m no no like 10 before the news This was on before the news, (laughs) like there, there was, I remember I I used to watch it on my commute. That's how I was watching Hannibal. And there Uh was that one where it's just a mound of bodies that's just piled up like the 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 totem pole. Yeah. 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 And I started that episode and I was like, I was like, okay, well, I'm done. I can't watch
1: that. It's too early. I can't, no one can see me watching this
0: yeah because people be like oh my god he's watching hbo on tv or he, he's right. watching <laughs> he's watching he's, he's nc-17 movie i'm like no this shit was on fucking a, a-, a- nbc it's not like, tv a, it's hbo yeah no no it's nbc no What's we're broadcasting book? channel yeah fucking on NBC. it's friday so on the,
1: the pushing well, up daisies guy what the
2: fuck?
0: Yeah. yeah what happened to brian fuller oh he went off the deep end <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna make totem people. Like, I mean, the first episode of that Hannibal show when a dude gets shot in the neck and you're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, it's fucking intense. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, like, this, this, in certain instances, pretty tame now. But in the moment, it's so intense that you go, oh, Jesus, all right. Like, it just made me realize very early on that, like, the FBI... Or doing any of this was not for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, application to Quantico
1: with a drone.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I wouldn't even want to be, like, like some auxiliary person in the FBI for this. Like, if I just was walking, like, you know, going down the canteen, eating my sandwich, and then I just hearing some people talk about something, like, one-tenth of this, I okay, I gotta... I, me go get a job at GameStop or something like. I, I, need, to, <laughs> I need to go do something a lot more fun. I, I, fun all the time. You're talking about someone eating chili out of somebody's skull. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I guess I can't put that on my uh, my application for GameStop.
0: I mean, I guess you could. Like, well, but yeah. what did? But well, what did you think about the PS3 version of the Conan game? <laughs> You want to know? Yeah. Well, no. I kind of want to know. It's important. And Someone <laughs> might ask for that. You'll you'll have to tell them no. You're not going to sell it to them. That actually happened to me. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> Wait. Okay. What happened exactly? Okay. So you know, I don't think it's a secret. I love Conan. Uh, uh, you know, just like the character I mean, and stuff like that. It you might know? be a secret to the people listening to this podcast.
1: No, I swear, since this might be the first time you mentioned Conan.
0: Well, I mean, it's no, I've mentioned him during the He Man stuff because it's like you know, it's like He Man's like Conan adjacent, you know, like barbarian shit like that, big sword, whatever. So you know, I, uh, I'm not a big fan of the the, the Originator stuff. It's kind of. <clears throat> You know, mm-hmm. Robert E. Howard stuff is there, but I love Robert Jordan's take on the character. And uh, so big Conan fan. So when the PS3 version of the Conan game came out, I wanted to play it. And so I went to GameStop and I I, I admit my my level of chill was n- not so cool. And if the, I knew where the guy was, I apologized to him. And if he's listening to this, which I doubt, um, I apologize to him. But so we go in there and I'm like, yeah, one Conan, please. (laughs) And he's like, oh, the game's not very good. Uh, I don't think you should get it. And it's like, well, I'd like to get it. It's like, no, but uh, uh, it's just not very good. And, um, you know, it's getting terrible reviews and stuff. And I did this thing that I've never done since, but I feel so bad. I just looked at him. And I said, if I want your opinion, I'll ask you for it. (laughs) Now sell me the game.
1: I mean, there are so many things. Okay, so first off, I mean, I guess his heart was in the right place. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I get it. You know me. What if I love terrible games? What if I worked on the game?
0: Yeah, I mean, that feels like THQ wasn't giving anybody fucking free copies of that. No! Yeah,
1: Yeah, I I mean... I I actually wrote the story for this game, so, um, cool. I guess I'll just take my copy and uh, go um, throw it in the trash (laughs) as per your request. Yeah, no, I mean,
0: it's not a great situation. In one instance, you'd be like, you think you would just let me buy whatever. Because, you know, in the end, you're just selling things and whatever. And if someone asks you what type of games you like, then sure. You, you know, volunteering an opinion is whatever. And again, I know he his heart was in the right place. I know it wasn't like he was like, oh, this game's trash.
1: Well, yeah, I feel it. I mean, I think we've all... Because you and I have both worked in retail and we have been on the other side of that counter and know how thankless of a job it is um but i think we've all been on the other side of the counter where you're just your patience is a little short you just want something and someone is is just like making making you even stay in that that mildew smelling GameStop for a second longer is is uh terrible i'll tell you maybe this will make you uh, or help you feel a little bit better but please well, when I, uh, I, um, well, actually, this first part will make you feel worse in the stomach, but um, I, when one of my first jobs in video gaming, I used to go to a Chipotle right across the street all the time because, you know, there weren't that many other options. There was a Chipotle, an L&L barbecue, uh, or this sandwich place that I won't name, but was, like, made the... Easily the worst sandwiches I've ever tasted in my entire life, but you know it's the only choices that you had. And you got it. so I used to go to this Chipotle a lot, and they kind of like they knew me not on like a first name basis, but like the farthest. The <laughs> they would they they gave me a free burrito once in a while. <laughs> um, so I am incredibly socially awkward. <laughs> what? I know everyone. I can hear the surprise of the entire listening audience. but um, so I kind of figured that we, me and this like the manager of the story had a, a more of like a more of a friendly relationship than I think that actually existed. So I was there one day and it was uh, super busy and i got up to the front and uh i was just trying to kind of do a little bit kind of joke around with the person up front i was like hey guys going a little slow today because of course they weren't they were going super fast and it was <laughs> super busy so i'm like you guys are uh, going a little slow huh and the woman behind the camera was like I'm so sorry, sir. Uh, you know, we're trying our best here. And by this time the line was already pushing me out of the way. So I'm like, oh uh no, no, I um uh no I meant uh no I, I was uh I was <laughs> it was a joke and uh but of course they couldn't hear me. But you know of course the you know, I never got that free burrito again and uh because uh, you know it's like it's not the right time even if you're trying to do a little bit and have a little fun with the person behind the counter i mean read the room right it's not the right time to be uh, to be doing a little a little ribbon uh, because the person is having a, a fucking terrible day trying to serve all these hungry people their you know middling burritos i mean
0: It shows you, right? No more floor burrito for you. (laughs) (laughs) That one dropped the floor. Oh, give it to the guy who comes in here. It's kind of (laughs) awkward. Give it to the guy
1: who said in front of a bunch of people in line, hey, you guys are going slow. Like, oh, if I had been serious. But the fact that, I mean, it doesn't matter, because to them I was being serious, and now, you know, whatever. But, you know, we've all been there. Yeah,
0: well, um, you know, weird turn. GameStop dude, if you're listening, I apologize. And I'm sure Forrest
1: apologizes for his Chipotle joke. Um, yeah. Burrito manager lady very much apologize. I wish I could explain that it was a joke, but of course if it was a good joke, it wouldn't need the explanation, now would it?
0: Yeah, that's why these pods are usually like three hours long. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, well, what I meant by this joke was that... <laughs>
2: <laughs> pop saga the show you go to to have a jokes explain <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think you going need the workshop that one <laughs> yeah
1: they're not they can't all be uh they can't all be those those uh golden fresca jingles um well john i think we're getting kind of i'm at the end of my notes uh is there any other uh, bits you want to talk about about this fantastic film
0: no, I I thought you know, thinking about it before, when you were like you know maybe we're we're not good enough to talk about the, <laughs> of the lamps and you know what you're right. But I think this podcast bears that out. Yeah, but that's not the point. You know, you do know, come here to listen to our super deep dives on these because uh you've seen them already or most people have seen it. But like, yeah. I just wanted you know what it was. I'm being selfish. I normally try to watch science lambs once a year and I was just using it for the content and, uh, I
2: figured it'd be good for us to talk
0: about it and for me to make sure that I put it on the calendar to watch it. And uh, that was it. No. Um, well, yeah, I guess that's part of it, but, uh, <laughs> but no, I think it's an excellent movie. It's an excellent book series. I mean, there's, uh, well, okay, caveat. It's an excellent book series up to the Silence of the Lambs. <laughs>
1: Hannibal. There's, there are and, two good books in the series.
0: <laughs> yeah, Hannibal and Hannibal Rising, which, if anyone knows anything, Thomas Harris might as well have had a gun put to his head to write that one. Because Dino De Laurentiis was like, I want to make a young Hannibal movie about his origins and I'm gonna make it whether you write it or not
1: (laughs) talk about holding your property hostage
0: yeah so that's why he wrote Hannibal Rising he didn't want to I I think by reading Hannibal I don't even think he really wanted to write that he is you know a notorious recluse every one of his books get optioned pretty much every one of his books get optioned into films like from Black Sunday which was his first book uh, about like the uh bombing at the Super Bowl or something like that, kind of like almost like the sum of all fears if you read the, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um but it's an excellent book series and and this and Silence of the Lambs is one of my like just favorite books and this movie is so close to it that like if you haven't watched it or you haven't watched in a while, definitely recommend giving it a watch. I mean it's its 30 year anniversary this year. Like and it holds up incredibly well. Like I was surprised, actually, watching it recently, going, oh, yeah, still intense, still spooked out, still acted well, and there wasn't anything there that, you know, made me laugh other than, like, uncomfortable laugh.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would go, I mean, this is not a new thought, but it's one of the best movies of all time, probably, I, and I'd say that with no hyperbole. It's an incredible movie to watch today, and it was an incredible movie to watch at the time. You know, to in to, you know uh, this show has always been sort of about our you know personal journeys, our sagas through pop culture, and so I think for that reason alone, you had to put this on here somewhere. I mean, like these are this is like I could tell from the first moment we talked about any sort of Hannibal-related property that this is, like, a huge movie for you. So, I mean, it was going to happen sooner or later.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's definitely, you know, it is... It's a movie, it's a series, it's, you know, the characters have, you know, definitely have shaped me as far as, like, you know, the types of books I read, the type of movies I watch. Sure. And, you know, and, like, you know, this is... This is the list that I kind of hold those movies up against to see if it can achieve some of the, um, you know, some of the success that this movie had. Like, this movie is just phenomenal. And, you know, from from start to finish, once it starts, it's already like, I'm like, okay, I'm in for a good time. And, you know, it never really lets up.
1: Yeah, I mean it is. It is. Make no mistake about it. It is a difficult movie to watch. It's not a fun movie to watch necessarily because, I mean, it's very disturbing. And to this day, that you know some of the effects don't hold up, but the most of them do uh, quite a bit. So it's. I wouldn't say it's an easy watch, but I mean it's an easy decision if you're thinking of watching. You know, a quality movie that uh, is fairly timeless. I mean, the cars give it away, but other than that, a timeless film. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Well, terrific. And that will wrap up today's episode of Pop Saga. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, let's say you're listening to this and you're saying, well... I thought uh, Silence of the Lambs was bad, and I want them to know. Well, I would say to you, throw this podcast in the trash, and then go live on an island somewhere. (laughs) Anthrax Island. You won't get that reference. Yep, exactly. You won't get that reference, and uh, you're wrong. If you check our show notes, uh, you will find links to... The uh the ways in which you can support this podcast directly, which is by buying our merch. Lots of really fun stuff coming up, including K-pop saga shirt. Uh as we tried to ride the coattails of the international phenomenon that is K-pop to uh brand recognition. Um and uh I, we couldn't let this episode go by without thanking Burton M6 for our incredible theme song. Um, you know, the the best, most professional part of the show. I said it since the beginning and I'll say it again. Uh, because it was true then and it's true now. So uh from John and I and all of the people behind the scenes at, at Pop Saga, it's just John and me. Um uh, and I mean my guys, wife. John, uh, John's wife, yeah. <laughs> Tonya. Thank you so much. Yeah, and my wife one. for moral support. Thanks, thanks, sweetie. Yeah. If you don't listen to these, but <laughs> thanks. I know um, she.
0: I know she bought like six phones to download it. So I feel really proud about that. <laughs> uh,
1: we want to say that we hope that all of you out there are feeling happy and healthy, and we'll see you next week.
0: I ate his Popeyes with some Fanta and a nice red beans and rice. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> it, like, you know I don't ever think of those things off the top of the catch And here we go
3: <laughs> Pop saga, you know we keep it groovy We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies A couple of nerds but got style We so cool, pop culture Talking new and old school, yeah You should know we love hip-hop From the roots, Ty, live Shout out to Pharaoh Munch We giving you what you want It don't get no live I Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop saga, let's go Oh yeah, you heard right, this is a lifestyle Welcome to the Nerd Life, Pop Sock